Hello and welcome back to Simple Homesteading Life Podcast. I am Anne and this is episode 16 and today we're going to talk about the Pantry Preparedness Guide and what it takes to ensure that your family is going to have all of the necessities that they need regardless of what is occurring in your lives or in the world in this moment and future moments of time. So again, this is episode 16, your pantry preparedness guide, and we're going to talk about the essentials to living this life and what we need to get by easily without worry or concern. Okay, so let's get started with this. And this guide is not designed for anything but preparedness. I am not a prepper in any way, shape, or form. I really don't consider myself to be a prepper. I really consider myself to be a preparationist. And that person is the person that ensures that there is going to be food to feed the family, staples, um, toilet paper, you know, we don't use paper towels, but toilet paper, um, that we have a laundry soap, dish soap, things like that. So I have set up my homestead to have enough to last six months. And there are reasons behind this, and I'm going to get to it really quick, but you never want six months less of anything, anything. And that includes the staples in your home. Is it prepping? Absolutely not. Because again, there are circumstances which will require you to have these items on hand. There was a time when Justin was unemployed for six months, and this is before we started homesteading. We lived in the suburbs. We had um, all seven children at home at that moment in time, and our children range in two different generations. And it was a hard time. Basically, the unemployment covered our mortgage. Luckily, we didn't have a car payment, but we still had to, you know, pay for the mortgage and the car insurance. I believe that in that moment in time, we only had two cell phones to pay for, and we cut off the kids' cell phones or their, you know, the respective parents paid for their cell phones. And then from there, we really cut back. No cable, no internet, nothing but I was not prepared. I did not have enough to feed my family during that time. And it was hard, emotionally hard to go through that period of time. This period of time was in 2008. And luckily we have never, ever, ever returned to that period of time. But, you know, lesson learned on things that you need to really focus on in life. Um, Justin has been blessed and has been able to maintain a job all the way through without, you know, the construction world coming crashing down. So it really helped to have an eye opening moment to know that you can go without in a drop of a dime and without even thinking twice. And, you know, you can struggle quickly. So when we started homesteading, it totally changed my mindset on the things that I needed to be prepared for. Not only was I preserving food and raising our own livestock for my family, for a clean food source and for food ownership, it was important to me to have a backup supply. So in case things happened, I was prepared to take care of them properly. 
Now, flashing forward from 2008 to 2020, we've actually hit a new part of our lives, a new era in time. And I'm going to tell you, um, the pandemic in itself is, is startling. But then on top of that, to watch the panic that people were doing all across the country in regards to stockpiling food at the very last minute, it was nauseating. And that's a lack of better words. Okay. I'm not saying that to be disrespectful, but it was like just a flashback to 2008 and a flashback to, oh my gosh, you know, what is going on? And then I realized that I have the opportunity to help individuals, whether they're homesteading or living in the suburbs to be prepared for anything that should arise. When you live in Seattle, the joke is when Boeing, Microsoft, Amazon, Expedia have a sniffle, the whole economy crashes. Um, and it's true. It's true. And the sad thing about it is, is that most people do not realize the importance of being prepared and having just the basics on hand. I don't expect everybody to run out and go and can foods. But if you do grab a copy of my book, The Farm Girl's Guide to Preserving the Harvest, just joking, kind of, sort of not. But if you can only put up the basics. You should always have something. If you don't have the room for six months, you should have the room for three months. That is what the pandemic has taught so many individuals March of 2020. However, however, we all knew that a second wave was coming and yet we're still not prepared. Well, most of us are still not prepared. We have not seen the panic buying here in Seattle since November, uh, since March, April, May, and June. And it pretty much ended at the beginning of June. However, we've all known that we would probably be going into um, what we call the second wave. And, you know, it, it's cold and flu season. Things are going to spike up. There's going to be a panic. People are going to be panic buying again. But what we should have learned between March and now is to always have those items on hand. And unfortunately, a lot of people have not. So, I am coming to you because probably at some point or another, you are homesteading or seeking to homestead. And I wanted to give you the staples of what is in a homesteader's pantry to ensure that your family is covered. And it's a necessity. It is because these are items that we use on a regular basis anyways. So I'm going to go over this list for you, and it's it's compiled in various ways, but don't worry. Don't worry about writing it down, because if you go to my website, afarmgirlinthemaking.com, the whole entire list is there for you. So right now, just absorb what you have. Take a mental note of what you need, but then use it in reference to this as well, too. This blog post that I put out actually has a lot of connections for you as well, too, if you want to ensure that if you have to substitute something like for cooking oil, what can you substitute for these items? Where can you find it and how you can get a hold of it? So don't worry about writing it down in the descriptions. Make sure you see the YouTube video and the website link for this, and it's going to cover you all the way through. And remember, six months worth of items at all times. So we all know the basics. We know the basics that it's flour and sugar. Great. Absolutely the basics. But there's other things that you should be really considering as well, too. And the other things are salt. 
Salt is a necessity in the homesteading community. Salt is a necessity for fermenting, curing foods, things like that. Salt must be had on your property at all given time. And I like to use real salt and real salt, I bought it in a 10 gallon container. It's incredible. It could be used as a table salt as well as um, for canning and fermenting. It is an anti-caking salt and I absolutely love it. The description will be in, um, the link will be in the descriptions for you. But then what are the other things? Dried milk, that is one of the necessities that should be in every single pantry, especially if you're not raising your own dairy animals. So aside from sugar, because sugar is a preservative, believe it or not, we, we all it has a bad rap, I get it. Nobody wants to use it, but sometimes we have to. The other thing you wanna consider is honey. And if yeast is sold out, what are your options? Of course, we all know that sourdough went on the rage, rage in May. So sourdough, but okay, great, it's sourdough. Do we order sourdough starter online? If it's sold out online, then what? So again, it's all covered there for you. Baking soda, <laughs> baking soda is a huge necessity. Cooking oil, if cooking oil is sold out, what are your alternatives? And then from there, we've got coconut oil. Yes, that's a great staple to have on all times coffee and tea, you guys, coffee and tea. Now the rest of the items on here are a lot more for those of us who do not can our own food. So let's listen to this, this, this portion of it real quick. What was shocking to me that I saw that was not sold out was tuna fish was still on the shelves, um, things like spam, corned beef, you know, things that aren't necessarily healthy like this you know, spam is not really the best healthy item. I mean, granted, I grew up eating it. I grew up eating corned beef in a can. But those are actually items that will pack on some staple for you to fill you to make you be okay. So those were not in there. I mean, most of us are blessed that are listening to this podcast by raising our own meat. But you should always have something there, especially if you're not canning your own chicken or your own beef or own soups and things like that. So canned fish, canned meat. And again, we all know the canned vegetables or the frozen vegetables, canned fruit, frozen fruit, things like that. But these are things that most people don't think about. Do we have enough for six months as homesteaders as a whole? One other thing I want to touch on real quick is alcohol. Not necessarily drinking alcohol, but vodka as a whole. You should always have vodka on hand. Why is that? Okay, well, number one, vodka can be used to make tinctures. And that is necessary if you are in a pinch because you can't get something, you know, or whatever the case is. Vodka is used for medicinal purposes. And honestly, I always have vodka on hand. And I don't buy the expensive vodka unless I'm drinking it personally. But I always have cheap vodka on hand at all times because of this very reason. And it's a necessity. So if you do not have vodka on hand, make sure you go pick up a bottle or two because you never know when you're going to quickly learn how to make tinctures and salves. And I'm going to give you a book that's going to be a great reference for you to be able to do so. So vodka, always vodka. So earlier I was talking about substitutions because most people don't really think about substitutions. And most of these people that I'm referring to are those of you who have not homesteaded yet or began homesteading yet, or even learned the concept of uh, what 
food substitutions can be. So when you raise your own animals, you come to realize that cooking oil was sold out. Olive oil, cooking oil, vegetable oil was sold out. Avocado oil sold out. So what, what were the substitutions that we were able to make? Look for, and the grocery stores do sell this, duck fat, lard, G. Look for those items. Those are great substitutions for cooking oil. And not to mention, those substitutions are much healthier than what you're going to buy when you buy vegetable oil as a whole or even olive oil. These items are a lot healthier for you than cooking oil. Keep that in mind. It should be in your pantry at all times. I keep touching back on sourdough and yeast. And the reason why is because it fills you quickly. It goes with everything and it's a great snack item though. You don't want to eat a lot of it, but during times like this, it happens. So I'm going to give you two links, one link to go ahead and purchase a dried sourdough starter, plus a book on how to make these things from my friend Patty. And then I'm going to give you a link from my friend Amy, who actually teaches you how to capture the yeast in order to make your own sourdough starter. And I'm going to tell you guys, start now. I have not mastered sourdough. I am far from being a sourdough bread making master. Far from it. It is an artisan skill that you will want to have. Okay. So take a look at these. However, if you cannot get a sourdough starter or a yeast at all, consider making a no yeast bread. And I'm going to give you the link to that here as well, too. So here's another great tip and trick for you that you're going to have to consider, especially right now, today in garden seasoning. If flour is sold out, what are you going to do? All that extra zucchini, that's what you're going to do. My friend stopped and wrote an article on making zucchini powder flour that you can actually use for baking. So it's in my blog post if you want to learn how to make zucchini flour or any kind of squash, summer squash flour, it's in there. And you can put it aside. So if you, it's not something you need right now, but it could be something that you can use a little later on down the road. I have brilliant friends. I'm not going to lie to you. These people kick out things that I would not even think about as a sustainable homesteader. So pasta was one of the other things that was completely sold out within like a day, two days. They couldn't keep it on the shelves and that was an issue. However, learn how to make an easy pasta. Egg noodles were, were it. Egg noodles is what was made in the kitchens many, many, many years ago. And as our birds are providing for us right now, this is a great time to make them and dehydrate them and save them for a later date. Um, the link is in the blog post on making egg noodles. It's my recipe. I love it. I learned it from, um, it's a recipe that was actually shared from Justin's grandmother that was given to me. And that's how I learned to make egg noodles. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of those things that you should be making versus buying anyways. It's great. It's delicious. And it's extremely easy to do. So this next segment, I'm going to talk real quick about dairy as a whole. So if you have dairy cows and our goats or whatever you have, you are blessed. You don't need to worry about this part of it. But for those of you who are having issues with milk being in stock, we didn't have that um, problem here in Washington state. However, a lot of other places in the country did. Stop and find your raw dairy farmer, that farmer that actually has goats or cows, and see if you can get milk from them. If you can, it's a blessing. That milk can actually go to make so many other things, butter, yogurt, half and half, heavy cream, cheese even. So 
find your local dairy farmer and see if you can get milk from them. If you can't find the farmer, find a small market that actually carries raw milk in case anything should happen. And of course you can freeze milk, but the best way to use it after you freeze it is to bake and cook with it, not really drink it. So eggs, I mean, I cannot stress to people who raise poultry enough, regardless if you have four birds or 30 birds like I have, that you need to preserve your eggs. You need to preserve them. And there is always a time, regardless if we're in a pandemic, unemployment, natural disaster, government collapse, whatever the case is, that we who raise poultry should be preserving our eggs. There are multiple methods for preserving eggs. I mean, down from dehydrating them, to freezing them, to freeze drying them, and also water glassing eggs. I wrote an uh, article for Backyard Poultry in regards to water glassing, but I also have an article coming up on my website all about preserving eggs. It is a necessity for us. We have birds that molt. Whether or not anything is happening in the world, molting season should have taught you from the very beginning to preserve eggs, and that it is a necessity for those of us who raise poultry. I could talk about eggs all day, so let's move on and let's talk about which produce actually stores best fresh. Now, you can't just keep them in your warm house. You need to create either a cold storage space or put them in a root cellar. Now, most of you guys do not have a root cellar. I do not have a root cellar. However, I do have a cold storage space where I can keep my winter squash, some apples, cabbage and things like that so I can consume it a lot longer than worrying about consuming it right now in this moment in time. So if you do not have a garden or your garden flopped, think about picking up the following items and creating a cold storage space in there. And don't worry, again, it's all in my blog post, okay? So root vegetables like potatoes, carrots, and beets store well long-term. On top of that, cabbage, cauliflower, onions, and garlic, and all of your winter squashes. So if you need to purchase those items, that is what you're looking for. In addition to your winter squash and your root vegetables and your really fall items, um, you want to think about keeping apples on hand as well as citrus. Those items store well long term as well, too. And the other thing that you might want to consider is tomato products. If you are canning your own tomatoes, amazing, incredible, good for you. Can as many as you can. And then on top of that, for those of you who are not canning tomatoes yet, tomato products will actually add additional flavor to all your items. I, I know that you know this already, but we didn't stop and think about that because guess what was on the shelves here in Washington State? Lots of canned tomatoes. So I think people are going to learn a lot from the last round on what they need to get for this round. So I would look into holding on to some canned tomato products and um, keeping enough that you can add it to whatever you want, whatever you want. Bone broth, you guys, if you are not making bone broth, especially during cold and flu season, I would strongly suggest that you stop and you do so. And the reason why is because it actually will help you if you end up getting sick. It's not going to cure your issues in any way, shape or form because it's not going to do that, but it's going to rehydrate your body for all of the goodness that it lost while not feeling well. It, you know, the vitamins and minerals alone, the collagen in there, it's all going to get you back on track into feeling a lot better, a lot quicker. So if you are able to can your own bone broth, that's great. If you do not know how to pressure can your own bone broth, but you would like to go ahead and make it, 
find your local butcher, find some grass-fed bones, and then from there, go ahead and make bone broth, but freeze it if you really have to. It is going to be an eye-opener for your overall health to have that on hand, whether it's canned or frozen. For those of us who preserve foods, we already are seeing the struggles in regards to canning supplies being at a low, hot water bath canners being at a low, and pressure canners being sold out. So I am going to give you a few substitutions for these items. Now, the first thing is always have distilled vinegar on hand. Now, at that point, you know how much I love to use other types of vinegars for canning. I'm going to tell you I have five bottles of distilled vinegar, five gallons of it on hand at all times, regardless, regardless. The other thing you need to think about is disposable canning lids. Substitute those for Tatler lids. And then on top of that, if you don't have a hot water bath canner because they are sold out, stop and pick up a pressure canner or a steam canner. Those two can actually be used to hot water bath can your items as well. Oh my gosh, I have been on Facebook and I've seen people being beat up for buying cases of um, canning jars at a time. The, the people who could not find them were upset at the people who photographed saying, I just bought a whole cart full, whatever the case is, you know, it's our own faults that we were not prepared for this. And I'm gonna say it, hate me for what it is. If you do not have canning jars on hand, then that is nobody's fault but your own. So. That's not going to solve the problem though, right? So if there are no canning jars available, let me give you a few places that you can go. Check your local thrift store, buy what you need to buy from there and make modifications according to canning them in the right size jar for that. The second thing is check your local feed stores. Many feed stores carry canning jars and then check Craigslist. There are so many people getting rid of canning jars that you need to just swoop them up whenever you see them. Don't hesitate. It is our own responsibility to ensure that we have enough canning jars on hand at all times. There are other things on the pantry preparedness guide that I'm just going to skip. So make sure you go back and take a look at that. But I'm going to go straight to household necessities and personal hygiene. You guys, I cannot stress enough that you have to learn how to own those items as much as you own your food source. It is key to living a homesteading life. It really is. And it's a game changer because you're not reliant on anything else but having the supplies on hand. You should always have the supplies on hand regardless. So learn how to make your own laundry soap. I have links for homemade um, powder and liquid. And then on top of that, your own soap. It's so easy. I have recipes for that as well too. And your own homemade shampoo bars. I can't stress it enough. Learning how to make these items is as liberating and freeing as it is to owning your food source. So I have that all for you. Cover yourselves. Start making it now. I do have an apothecary section in the website um, link as well too, but I'm going to skip that because this is a lot of information for one short 20 minute podcast. And I really hope that I was able to give you guys some ideas on what you're going to need to ensure that you are ready for anything. We're talking pandemic. We're talking about unemployment. We're talking about natural disaster. Whatever the case is, this happens in real life. We've come to see this. And for me, now I've been affected by six months of unemployment because Justin was out of work to now a pandemic. And I'm lucky that round two for learning anything has really allowed me to be on top of my game because of the lifestyle that I live. And regardless of the lifestyle that you live, you need to be on top of your game as well too. So 
please consider everything that I've given you and please think about all the things that you are going to need for the next six months. It was really important for me to get this guide written now and I pushed a lot of things back to do this for you because I think it's important that we have basically August and September to prepare for what's going to happen in October, November and December. So get started now, get it done, get on top of it before you cannot find any of these things. And if you have additional items to share, go ahead and leave it in the comments. I would be happy to fit it in. But remember, make sure it's a basic necessity that needs to be there. We could add 26 million things to this guide. However, we want the basics. We want the basics to as to not overwhelm people into feeling they just cannot get it done six months, you guys, six months on hand of all the things that you need. And hopefully I can help you get there. And hopefully you're going to get yourself there without having to stress about it at the end when the shelves are actually being emptied again. All right, you guys, that was it for episode 16, Pantry Preparedness Guide and getting yourselves ready to have six months of necessities on hand at all times for regardless whatever the circumstances are. I hope I was able to help you guys out and we will talk to you guys on Friday. I was a little bit behind. The property was a little chaotic. I was helping friends to learn how to butcher a hundred birds for their very first time. And it has just been just a crazy, crazy couple of days, but I will see you guys on Friday and we'll figure out what we're talking about then. But, but remember, don't panic just get the stuff now and remember to always have it on hand. That's the lifestyle that we live. And that's something that we should be doing on a regular basis anyways. So hopefully this helps you and we'll see you guys on Friday. Bye.